Thank you for joining the online ministry of Little River Church. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Amen. Numbers chapter 9 and verse number 1. The Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year. After they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel also keep the Passover in his appointed season. In the fourteenth day of this month, at even ye shall keep it in his appointed season. According to all the rites of it, and according to all the ceremonies thereof, shall ye keep it. And Moses spake to the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover, and they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month, and even in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did the children of Israel. Verse 6, however, tells us that there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man, that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and before Aaron on that day. And those men said to him, We are defiled by the dead body of a man. Wherefore are we kept back that we may not offer an offering to the Lord in his appointed season among the children of Israel? And Moses said unto them, Stand still, and I will hear what the Lord will command concerning you. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, say, If any man of you or of your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body, or be in a journey or off, yet he shall keep the Passover under the Lord. The fourteenth day of the second month at even they shall keep it, Eat it with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. I want to preach today for the next few moments on the legacy of a lost Passover. Amen. The legacy of a lost Passover. Would you join with me in prayer right now? I believe the Lord wants to do something significant and life-changing for somebody here today. God, I thank you for your word. Your word's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. And I pray that your word, that the light of truth would illuminate, God, someone's path, that it would change their direction today. God, let the power of your word be at work in this building. Lord, that while the word goes forth, that there be healing that happens and Holy Ghost that moves and falls and operates in this building for the honor of your name, for the glory of your name, that you may be exalted and your kingdom advanced and your people changed and blessed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord has been good to you, why don't you take a moment and bless him with a hand clap and with a voice of praise right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Long before the incarnation of Jesus Christ, before he walked in physical form upon the earth, long before Calvary, before the cross, before a day in which John the Revelator would sit upon the rocks of Patmos, we find that the mercy, amen, mercy had always lingered in the presence of Almighty God. God is a God of mercy. God is merciful. Amen. Before 
before there was ever a sin problem, there was a sin solution, a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The psalmist said that the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Repeated some 41 times in the word of the Lord. Limitations says in chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because they are new every morning. Amen. I, I said it this morning and I'll say it again if I can say it with utmost respect and, and you don't think I'm being sacrilegious. I'm going to say it this way. Mercy seems to be God's middle name. Now I know that's not literally but it seems to be because it's mercy that infuses who God is and how he connects and our connection with God exists. Mercy isn't just a light preserver that is thrown to a drowning person. Mercy pulls you up from the bottom and the depths of the sea. Mercy takes you on the bank. It breathes into you the breath of life and mercy makes you come alive again. Aren't you thankful today for mercy? Somebody ought to thank you for mercy right now. Had it not been for the Lord, we wouldn't be here right now. The scripture text that we read, amen, is really the end of a matter or the solution to a problem. And to understand it, you've got to understand where it all began. How Moses, if we back up a little bit, Moses had killed an Egyptian. He's forced to flee the land of his nativity. And now he's in the inhospitable and often deadly uh, uh, desert that he would call his home for some, uh, I think, 40 years. He's descended from living in the courts of Pharaoh and all of its finery and, and comfort and now he's living among the rocks and the heat and the aroma of the desert and all of the sheep but Moses but God is not through with the life of Moses from a burning bush the Lord comes to him and says I want you to go to the courts of Pharaoh and demand him tell him let my people go the mission was given because a people needed to be set free. So with a clear word from God and a divine mandate, mandate Moses marches back into Egypt, back into Pharaoh's courts and demands that the people of God be set free. It was promised to them nine times you can go but every time Pharaoh would change his mind and said you can and so then God sent hail and, and there were uh, uh, darkness and, and bugs and boils and all about to bring Pharaoh to let the people of God go and he would he would say you can go and then change his mind so finally in that final plague the promise made by Pharaoh is finally kept by Pharaoh because in that plague wherefore, wherefore or whereby every firstborn that did not have the blood applied to their home the firstborn of that house would die it would be the final straw where he would say okay now you can go amen and Egypt just for a sake of a point here today Egypt never recovered to the state that it was before amen those plagues it never regained its power and its influence but inside of that plague comes the story of what we call the Passover here God's people they have been living in the land of Goshen they have 
been protected from all of these plagues. But this final plague would only be missed if the blood was applied to their home. Amen. The lamb had to be spotless. Where the blood was applied, how it was applied, the Lord was very specific about it. But within those specifics, they would find safety and they would find salvation. And out of all the New Testament things that point to Jesus Christ, there are none that shout as loudly as the Passover does. Because in this final plague, their nationality would not save them. Merely being born in the house of a Jewish family would not protect them. Having the right name would not place them outside of the wrath of God. Their mother's faith could not save them. Their father's obedience could if he applied the blood. It was not a given. They were going to be saved just because we are God's chosen people. Where they live would not save them. The matter of where they worship and how they worship. The location in their house in Goshen did not guarantee a granting of mercy. They're only saved because the blood is applied to their home. It was in the desert where they walked out of Egypt from God from what God would establish the feast of the Passover a feast of remembering what God had done where he had brought them from and where God was taking them to and in that preparation and they were told, remove all the leaven from your house. Get it out of the house. Symbolic of sin and removing sin from our life. And God had established a time and a way for them to remember and celebrate the blood. To remember how he delivered them from, uh, from slavery. To remember what had been and to reflect upon what would be. Because in God there is always what used to be, what is and most importantly, what is to come. That which is in front of me is greater than that which is behind me. I do not believe our best days are behind us. Hallelujah. And by the time we reach our, our text that we read a moment ago, one full year has passed since they have implemented the inaugural implementation of this Passover. It was so important that, that to the Jew to miss this would be the equivalent of you and I missing the cross or missing Calvary, if you will. To miss the Passover was to nearly commit an act of treason to the national Jew. It was to commit the violence of sin to the religious Jew. It was to say that their deliverance was not really important to those who had been previously enslaved by Pharaoh. To say, to miss it would to say that, that God's work was really of no effect. Amen. Just as the Passover was near, so the cross was lying ahead of them. Passover, get the picture. Passover was the prophecy. Calvary was the fulfillment of that prophecy. Cal uh, Passover was the shadow. Calvary was the light. Passover the schoolmaster. Calvary was the subject. Passover the physical feast. Calvary the spiritual reality. Passover brought them out of Egypt. Calvary brings us out of the world. Passover delivered them from Egyptian bondage. Calvary delivered you and I from a bondage of sin. Passover required the death of a spotless lamb. Calvary required the death of a sinless savior. 
But when I read about these men in the book of Numbers, they had missed the Passover. On the second anniversary, life had happened, or really death had happened. Somebody, we don't know who, but somebody connected to them passed away. They had to be gone. They had to bury the body. And because they touched the body, they were disqualified. They were not allowed to participate in the Passover. And now the most important thing in their life has become the most impossible thing. Amen. Making a sacrifice was the primary thing on their mind. We've got to be a part of the Passover and receive that blessing. But the parameters of the Passover said, you cannot touch a dead body and participate. Amen. But somebody died and they buried them and they watched these men watched as the Passover is being celebrated. Amen. But they're excluded from remembering. They remembered, but they could not touch. It's a place where they could see the mercy of God being celebrated, but couldn't get close enough for mercy to touch them and them to touch mercy. But God, as I said in the beginning, is a God of mercy. God is a God of mercy. Can I get a witness in the house? So these men who missed the Passover come to Moses and say, are we going to be excluded just because we had to bury someone, a friend, a loved one? We had to be gone and we had to bury them. And Moses said, well, I will ask God and see what the Lord says. And the Lord says, you go back and you tell those men who missed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. He said, you tell them I'm establishing a second Passover on the 14th day of the second month. The Jews call it Pesach Shini. It marks a time when those who are unable to participate amen are given the opportunity to participate one month later because he is a God of second chances. Because mercy says I said he's a God of second chances. Hallelujah. The painting of God's picture would not be complete without the portrait. Amen. It would not be complete without the mercy of God. Amen. You see the cloak being painted. The artist dips his brush. Amen. In another color for the cloak that drapes the shoulders of God. It's red in the picture. But when you touch it, when you touch it, it makes your sin white as snow. Amen. It's a powerful truth that he's the Lord. He's the God of the second chance. God could have easily said, I'm sorry, you missed it. I'm sorry, you cannot. You're just going to have to wait the next year. But that's not who God is. And that's not what God did. Just because a couple of men who were unclean during the Passover, God creates a brand new holiday. Amen. Just for them. So they would not be left out of the blessing of the 
lamb and the covering of the blood. I'm not preaching about some sac or some ritual that needs to be repeated in our time. I'm preaching about a God who will give you a second chance. A God that destroyed a feast to destroy the dilemma that somebody else had. God will go to great lengths. He'll go further than you can imagine to make a way where there is no way because he is a high priest that can be touched hallelujah and he's still in the mercy business on this Sunday morning in January he's still extending mercy he's still showing mercy and mercy's available to you today I feel Holy Ghost in this building. Somebody help me praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know God's in the heavens saying, uh, I did it for them then, but I'll do it for you this morning. I'll show mercy. I'll come to tell you there's mercy in this house today. No matter where you've been or what you've done, how long you've been gone, mercy is being extended to you one more time. Mercy is waking you up. Mercy's calling your name. Somewhere in the wilderness, an old dry desert, those bones of those men have returned to dust. But their legacy lives on this morning. Because that which I missed, God made up. Where I could not get to him, he came to me. Where I could not sit, he made me sit. When I was made far from him, he brought me near. Because mercy... Hallelujah, what was established in the wilderness is a reflection of who God is. Amen, school was in session. The lesson was about mercy. They had touched a dead thing, a dead body on a trip. Amen, get the picture here today. One stood close, watched mercy, but couldn't get to it, couldn't touch it. The other far off on a journey, knew where mercy was, knew it was being celebrated, but could not get there. One near, one far. But mercy isn't the problem of distance. Mercy is the solution to distance. I said mercy is the solution. Amen. The Bible is very clear about sin. Amen. And the effects of sin in our life. It's a straightforward look. Amen. At the lost and those that are afar off. And though God established that second Passover soon after leaving Egypt, the legacy was mercy is available to you. It's the God of second chance in full effect. Amen. And those of you who have repented of your sin and been baptized in Jesus name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues you can attest to the fact today amen that God is a God of second chances if anybody knows about the love of Jesus I do if anybody knows about the mercy of God I do if anybody can testify of the mercy of the Lord let the redeemed of the Lord let the redeemed of the Lord I wish somebody that's been redeemed would praise him right now I wish somebody my Lord that's had second chance would give him praise right now Amen. If you're not in that category, before you leave this house today, God's extended 
mercy. God wants to baptize you with the Spirit. God wants to give you another chance. Oh, I feel something moving in this building. Can we just praise him a moment more? Sir, God's not through with you. Ma'am, God's not through with you. Amen. The reason that you still feel caught moving on you is because mercy's reaching for you again. Huh? If God didn't love you, if God wasn't going to help you, if God didn't intend on forgiving you, he would not let you feel what you feel moving on you. But mercy is stirring you. Mercy's calling you, saying, I love you, and I'm reaching for you again. Huh? Oh, we got to pray right now. I feel divine unction in the Holy Ghost. Would somebody help me pray in the Spirit right now? you're not too far gone you haven't made too many mistakes that the blood I feel the Holy Ghost reaching for somebody right now amen you're nearer to mercy than you realize you're closer to forgiveness than you understand you're one prayer away from being forgiven and washed clean and receiving the Holy Ghost I'm not trying to work something up. I just feel it moving right now. If you know how to pray, I wish you'd help me pray. Because I feel mercy reaching for somebody. I don't know your past, but I do know your future. Amen. It's the blood. It's his forgiveness. It's hope and life and strength. That's it. We got to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, I wish I knew who you were. I'd come to you right now. Because mercy is saying, I'm not through with you. I've got a purpose. I've got a plan. I'll give you another chance. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving in this house right now. All you got to do is lift your hands and begin to pray. The Holy Ghost is already in the building. Amen. The Spirit of God's already moving on you. You're just a prayer away. Oh, I'm trying to hurry, but I feel divine interruption of the Spirit of God right now. I don't know why I feel this. The Spirit of the Lord is already moving on somebody right now. But you're saying, but he's not through. The preacher, no, you don't worry about the preacher. Mercy's reaching for you right now. Amen. God's calling you. You don't need to wait another moment. You don't need to wait another second. God's saying, now I've given you the opportunity. What are you going to do, sir, with the call of God on your life? What are you going to do with mercy that's being extended to you one more time? Oh, pastor, I can't shake what I feel. I feel destiny in this building right now. 
Why don't you surrender yourself to the call of God? Why don't you surrender yourself to the mercy of God that woke you up this morning? Amen. There was something you decided yesterday, I'm not going tomorrow, but mercy woke you up and said, you know, you ought to go today. Amen. It, ought to, it is something that could change in your life. Mercy's been calling you. Uh, he's knocking at your door what are you going to do with the call of God right now let's pray again amen the Holy Ghost is reaching for somebody in this sanctuary but if you only knew what I've done and where I've been amen the things that I've said the things that I've done hear me right now amen one of the greatest men amen in the word of God Peter captured amen after Jesus was captured in the garden of Gethsemane amen cast in the prison amen everybody scattering all of his followers and disciples amen and so here's Peter more than any other disciple had struggled with what was going on he stood at the fire he looked people in the eye and said I don't know him but Peter was the one that followed him for three years left the net and followed him walked out of the boat and followed him saw the feeding of 5,000 there on the Mount of Transfiguration when he saw Jesus glorified between Moses and Elijah amen walked on water said you're the Christ the Son of living God and now Peter that inner circle of prayer yet when Jesus is in prison and beaten and spat upon he does it without Peter's support and while Jesus is being condemned to die Peter's outside saying I don't know him he's cursing he's denying him I don't know the Lord I don't know who he is amen he stood on the precipice of Calvary when that Passover lamb true Passover lamb was being prepared for sacrifice but he does not remove the leaven instead he makes himself unclean amen for years he has participated in the Passover but he missed the real one and after he denied the Lord the rooster crows at Peter Peter realizes his sin and he goes out and weeps bitterly. The men of Book of Numbers missed it because somebody died and they touched the dead body. No fault of their own. God gave them a second chance, but Peter's uncleanness is not so innocent. He willfully made a choice to deny the Lord, to forsake him, to curse. Amen. Those men in Numbers deserved a second chance. Peter really did not. Yet when Jesus raises, is resurrected from the dead, the angels speak this word. Go tell his disciples and go tell Peter. Amen. Heaven starts calling Peter by name. Amen. Heaven forgives him. Heaven changes him. Heaven gives him a second chance. That's why he could stand with boldness on the day of Pentecost and said, this is what you got to do. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in Jesus name and you must receive the Holy Ghost. This promise is unto you. And when he picks up his pen and begins to write, amen, his epistle, amen, he spoke about being redeemed. This man that had been given a second chance spoke about being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ.
Paul wrote about it. Talked about the blood of the lamb and what it meant. Amen. Hebrews mentions it 22 times, the blood. John spoke about it. But when Peter begins to put the pen to parchment, he makes this statement. We are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. It's the old, the only time in the entire New Testament where the blood is called precious blood. It's the man that's been given a second chance that calls it precious blood. How precious is the blood? How valuable is the blood? How priceless is the blood? There's somebody that's been given another chance to make it right. There's somebody that's been given another chance. Amen. To find God and God to find you. Oh, precious is the blood. Oh, precious is the blood. If I've ever felt the Holy Ghost, I'll feel it right now. I don't know how many times you've tried and failed. I don't know how many times you've walked away from God or denied knowing Him. And how distant you feel from the Lord this morning. Amen. And how long you've been away from God and where sin has taken you. But mercy is reaching for you one more time. Mercy is calling you by name. Mercy is available to you this morning. I feel it in my spirit. There is a war going on. I can almost hear the conversation going on with you and yourself in your mind. But look what I've done. Look where I've been. Look at everything. No, look to the conquering covenant of the cross. In that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Mercy is reaching for you one more time. Mercy is calling you one more time. He, you're valuable enough to God. You're so important to the Lord that he would bring you to this house, that he would call you, that he would stir you. What are you going to do with mercy right now? Thank you for watching today. If you would like to help us deliver content around the world online, please consider making a donation. Please go to littleriver.church and choose what option works best for you. Thank you and have a great day.